I'm Lauren. And I'm Renato. It has been a minute. Yes, it has indeed. I'm uh, not sure if our listeners noticed. Uh, maybe we have only like three listeners, but um, <laughs> they, might, they might have noticed that we didn't have an episode last week. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we decided life has been really hectic uh, mm-hmm. the last while for us both. And um, mm-hmm. for various reasons, <laughs> a lot of it work related. And um, it's just been, it's been really hard to keep up with everything. So we just decided that we're going to reduce our episode frequency to every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So just a little bit more realistic with our lifestyles at the moment. And I mean, in the future, maybe we, we push it back up to weekly. But I think for now, for the foreseeable future, it'll be every two weeks. Mm-hmm. It definitely feels like it's been a while since we've done this. I think our last episode we recorded before I went to South Africa, released mm. it after I came back from South Africa, so that must have been a little bit confusing for the listeners, because I think mm-hmm. I referenced the holiday in the episode. Mm-hmm. But I mean, since then we haven't recorded it, and I mean, it's like, that's a it's good... It's been a good six weeks. It's been a good six weeks since we recorded. It felt like kind of weird. I, I couldn't find my tripod. For my <laughs> so <laughs> to go dust everything off and get everything started again, but it does feel good to be back. Yes, yes, it sure does. It yeah. sure does. Have you got any updates on your side? Anything that we need to know about? Anything juicy? Uh, you know what? Honestly, my life at the moment is eat, sleep, work, Whirlwind. repeat. Mm. Yeah. Although, okay, hold on. I say that, and then now I'm about to say that. Oh, I was in Canada last week. <laughs> But uh, that doesn't sound like eat, sleep, work, repeat. But um, the the purpose of the trip initially was for work. That mm. We did a event with all of our colleagues that are in the Americas region. So Latin America, America, and Canada. So that was really nice. Also had to do a presentation and, you know, a lot of networking. And it was quite a, it was a, it was a good experience. Nice to meet everyone and kind of, you know, get a sense of what the local context is there in the mm. regions and like what they're struggling with and and all that. But, um, you know, with these kinds of events, it's also always you feel like you have to be constantly like switched on. Mm. You know, it's um, always smiling and always socializing. And, you know, at the end of the day, it does really take it out of you as well. Mm. As nice as it is, it does take it out of you. Mm. especially at this time of year as well where you kind of don't have much left in the tank to give yeah Mm. but then I also stayed I have a also South African friend who moved to just outside Toronto a couple of months ago so I stayed the weekend spent some time with her and that kind of filled my cup a bit so um actually yeah it was a good week last week oh good but um yeah, there's also there's a lot more travel coming up now, too, because we've got two similar events in other regions. So, uh, yes, I guess my, my life at the moment is eat, sleep, work, repeat in different locations. Mm. So. Mm. You've got another one, two trips coming up before Christmas? Yep. I'm going to Prague in just over two weeks. No, in two weeks' time, yeah. And... Uh, then to Singapore the week after. So, yeah. And you're not going to Denmark again before Christmas? 
no. before I get there. No. Yes. Until uh, you get there, no, no trips are planned. So okay. after Singapore, it'll be quiet. But I mean, by the time I get back from Singapore, it's like a week, two weeks to Christmas. Mm. So, and then we fly to Berlin to obviously spend Christmas with my family and meet you there. So, Hello. yeah, but I'm super looking forward to that trip. I think, yes. you know, I was, I was trying to explain to Stefan, my partner as well, how, you know, I feel like we get, you know, I believe in soulmates that you do have mm. probably not just one soulmate. I mean, mm. it's possible you could have several romantically, but I also think that you get soulmates in friendships too. Yes. And uh, I was explaining to him about how I think that you're my soulmate Aww. and that you probably understand me even better than he does. So You're going to have me crying here today. <laughs> I'm overly emotional as it is, so... <laughs> It was not the intention, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think our trip will not only fill my cup, it will overflow it. Yes. So I'm really looking forward to it. I absolutely agree. I'm also in the same, I was going to say in the same cup, to be honest, in the same, <laughs> <laughs> in the same boat, I feel like you're one of the few people that understand me better than what anyone does. And um, I agree that you have friendships, soulmate friendships as well. And I think that you are my soulmate. Mm. Mm. Um, yes, this trip is really, really long overdue and very much needed. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be such a bittersweet trip as well because we're going to have so much time and so much fun together. But we're also going to have to say goodbye again. Although goodbye with another date in mind because next year we're going to repeat. I was going to say almost same time, same place, but yes, <laughs> you know, you get to do Northern Germany this year and Southern Germany next year. Yes. So. And then we can figure out if there's any time and space for one or two other little, little tidbits somewhere around Europe. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe you, well, I guess we'll be going on honeymoon. So I guess maybe you do a little bit of solo travel, but if you come yes. earlier than the wedding. Then we can maybe I most certainly will. Yes. Yes, okay. we will. <laughs> cool. Um, on my side, I have, for the first time since this uh, unspoken pandemic has started, had COVID. Oh. <laughs> Surprising, since I work in healthcare and was very much working hands-on in, like, the ICUs and stuff. But, yes, I've had my first COVID and was just like a bad flu really but I feel like it is still lagging lingering not mm. lagging still lingering any sort of physical exertion has me man down so mm. that's not fun but other than that we're quite quite okay here it's felt weird not doing the podcast over the last couple of weeks I felt like I've had so much free time to myself so much so that I've been considering studying again and then yesterday I caught myself and I was like wait maybe I must just see how we go over the next few weeks before I commit to studying again yes I think that is prudent <laughs> but um yeah just on your COVID as well I remember I had COVID like way in the beginning when it was still pretty Mm, uh, I still brought you a bag strain. of Woolworth stuff with the big mm. massive chocolate in it. 
Yes. Yes. And, um, but it also, it stuck with me for months afterwards. Really, mm-hmm. it took me a very long time to get my energy back. So, I mean, even, I guess, okay, by now, this, it's, the strain has been diluted somewhat. Um, mm. But uh, I think it, it's completely understandable that you're still not quite there. Uh, mm. 100%. I didn't even so. think I had COVID, to be honest. Actually, let me rephrase. I didn't want to know if I had COVID or not. So why did you test? Because I lost my taste and smell. Mm. Um, yeah. I realized I went to go and get a yogurt. I was offering someone else a yogurt to taste it and be like, taste this. Does it really taste that bad? And then when I tasted it myself, I was like, I'm not sure I can taste what I'm trying to let you taste. And then had to taste and it was an instant positive. So, mm. yeah. I think people have basically, in Switzerland, they've basically stopped testing. If you have cold and flu symptoms, people are just, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit, you know, ostrich sticking their head in the sand and Mm. they're just like, no, I just have flu. Mm. So I guess, you know, as far as the Swiss uh, population is concerned, COVID doesn't exist anymore. Very similar here. Um, It's not mandatory for us to isolate anymore. It's not mandatory to report anything. You don't really need to test if you don't want to. For me, I guess the responsible thing to do because I work with the aged care population mm. and mm. the hospital population, the responsible thing to do would be to isolate and to tell people. <clears throat> Actually, the thought process was if I know, then I have to tell people. So that's why I didn't want to test. Um, I was just, when I started mm. feeling the symptoms, wearing masks at work so that I try not to make anyone else sick. And then when I lost my taste and smell, I was like, ah, oh, fuck. And the only reason I also tasted after I lost my taste and smell was because I wasn't the only one involved. <clears throat> I had a, a COVID companion. So, and it was for their sake that I tested mm-hmm. as well. So, yes. And then uh, I was off over the over the weekend. I took Friday off and then was off over the weekend. So, and yesterday when I returned to work, I kid you not, I went to seven facilities. Every facility was in lockdown for COVID. Um, so I'm not surprised that I picked it up at work somewhere. But no, 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 it was facilities that I hadn't. Don't get me wrong. There were facilities okay. I had been to. <laughs> but <laughs> um, they were all in lockdown for COVID. And I was just like, oh, okay, clearly doing the rounds again. Mm. Mm. But good to see that it's not as severe. Um, yes. I think... Yeah, you know, in the beginning, it was, uh, we were all pretty scared of this unknown. Mm. So, Mm. good to see that uh, with time, it has uh, weakened a bit. And I guess also we just, we know better now how to handle it. Yes. Yep. Yep. So, you might remember a couple of weeks back that we launched an episode about sex. And... I very explicitly asked my parents not to listen to that episode. And did they respect that? Have since had my most embarrassing moments happen to me. So today I want to have a little bit of a a, a share tell on our most embarrassing moments off the back of the episode on sex. It is number, uh, let me tell you. 12 episode number 12 if anyone wants to go back and have a listen i've had some really good feedback on that by the way yeah i also have 
Um, we talk really openly and explicitly on some very personal details. But what you are alluding to, I assume, is that one of your parents listened to this episode. Yes. So, um, my mom uh, went against what I had asked her not to do. <laughs> she listened. She's a religious okay. listener, listener of the of our podcast. So, I when when I was younger. <laughs> I won't name who it was with, but um, I discovered, I, we, one of my best friends and I had discovered the female body parts at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Not at that stage, it wasn't a, um, <laughs> it wasn't understanding that it was sex related, but we discovered certain functions of the body at a very young age and would um, do things to what I now know is get yourself off. But at, at that age, and then it involved like high pressure systems in the swimming pool type of thing. Anyway, so this is not the type of story that I would have shared with just anyone. So this is like a I'm laying my life out for you to understand. This is like a really raw moment. <laughs> yes, I am. Well, I yeah. mean, I know that I know that our podcast is unconditional and uncensored, but I'm still a little bit surprised that you're discussing this on the podcast. But uh, go ahead, yes, I'm all ears. But I, I can't. So this is the type of memory that, like, I'm not going to share it with anyone, right? So myself and this friend of mine know what we did, and we are the only two people that know, like, what happened. The point of my story is that off the back of this episode about sex, um, my mom decided it was a good idea to launch into a discussion about my sex life. And oh, lovely. Um, mm, um, she proceeds to say that she knew more than what we thought that she knew about. So I, like I mentioned in this episode as well, had become sexually active at a really young age not thinking that my parents would be aware of this. Turns out they were aware of so much more than what I thought they were. <laughs> and my mom proceeded to tell me about these acts and actions that this friend of mine and I were doing and that they had known about. And Safe to say, I stood there, it was on video call that my mom was telling me this, my dad sat there with like this awkward smile on his face, red faced. <laughs> my mom proceeded to tell me this story and I stood there and I was like, what the fuck am I listening to? <laughs> <laughs> because, oh, it, it was, it, it's cringy, it's just, it's the type of thing that you don't want anyone to know, let alone your mother. <laughs> Yes. At that age, this was like primary school age. To tell me now as an adult that she's aware of these uh, things that were happening um, was just, um, I, I, I didn't know if I wanted to laugh or cry or scream or just run away. <laughs> <laughs> I would have absolutely run away. There are just certain like, discussions. I am not going to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Understandable. There are just certain discussions um, that you should not have with your parents. 
So, yes, I had, I've always listened to people talk about their most embarrassing moments. And I think back and I'm like, you know, I've never had a moment that I feel that embarrassed by that. Like, I don't want to tell people what I'm so, I have had my moment where I feel like I need to stick my head in a hole and just hide away from the world because it's the type of thing you don't want anyone to know ever. (laughs) And now my mom knows and she told me about it and I can't unhear that. And yeah was um took me a little while to be able to look her in the eye again <laughs> and now she's gonna listen to this and she's going to I know. probably feel a bit bad but sorry mommy but um i think i feel a bit worse <laughs> i think mine tops this <laughs> yeah fair enough fair enough <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about your most embarrassing moment now that I have laid all bare? You know, when you told me earlier that you want to discuss embarrassing moments on the episode, I must admit I was a bit like, oh, I don't know what I want to say <laughs> because I tend to relegate these embarrassing moments into like this black hole so that I don't have to remember them and I don't have to relive the cringe. Mm. And... I don't know, I'm sure I had several growing up as well. And, you know, Mm. the one that, um, I don't know, the one that I guess comes to mind more recently as well. It wasn't really, I don't know if you can say it's, I guess it is embarrassing, but it was more like I just put my foot in my mouth. Um, At my previous company, we were, they, they, um, they, uh, what's the right word? I guess they fired everyone because they did a reorganization and everything. Yeah. Retrenched. Yeah. (laughs) They retrenched everyone. You're fired and you're fired (laughs) and you're fired. (laughs) So, um, but it was also your notice period was taken into account. So some people, depending Mm. on how long you'd been in the company, had been there for one month, some for more, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there was one Mm. guy there. He hadn't, he didn't, I think he'd only been there for like six months or something. And, um, he anyway so he had to leave earlier than the rest of us and um i kind of um uh i i was sitting upstairs and he came to hand in all of his stuff like his laptop and his phone and everything to hr and it and Mm. um i looked at him and i said oh where are you going are you going on holiday and (laughs) He was like, no, oh, it's my last day. <laughs> I just wanted to like sit under my desk and like, oh, <laughs> and it was like, you know, Renata, you were also retrenched. How could it have like slipped your mind <laughs> that some people might be leaving earlier than others? So anyway, it was just like a, I guess not, yes, embarrassing, but I just, really I just felt bad at the end of the day mm. that I had mm. made a joke on what was actually his last day so, uh, it's one of those things that you want to go and try and justify but you don't have any grounds to stand on to justify what you'd seen <laughs> nope nope not even a pinky toe so <laughs> I uh yeah so I just like it you know when I saw him later in the day I obviously went to go and apologize profusely and Anyway, mm. it was just it was just awkward and 
Haven't seen him since, and maybe it's better that way. Probably won't see him again. <laughs> no, unlikely. <laughs> so. mm. But um, I'm trying to, I'm really, I'm trying to think if I've got any other ones from my childhood, and I'm very sure that I do. I think there's... Mm. It's the type of thing you don't really want to remember, is it? You talk about this, like, sweep it under the cover or the black hole that you you tend to push it into, and I do the same. I don't want to remember my most embarrassing moments because it's going to make you just feel shit all over again, and it's such a cringy feeling that it's the type of thing that you don't want to recall. Uh, you know, I listen to some of these, um, you know, on the podcast Life Uncut. They also do the segment mm. Accidentally Unfiltered as well. Where they also do people presenting mm. in their embarrassing stories sometimes. And I just listen to these things and I'm like, how are you okay telling that to people? I would I just know. Like, push that, bury <laughs> that down so deeply. It's like, I know. it would take... Oh, sorry. But uh, I know. anyway, I often sit in my car and like laugh out loud. I had one day where I nearly spat out my coffee because of one of the stories. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I. The one that just keeps coming to mind now is the one about the corn kernel. I know that one came to mind for me as well. <laughs> We're not going to tell the story, but if anyone no. wants to go and listen to it, um, the podcast is called Life Uncut. It's hosted by two girls who were on different seasons of The Bachelor here in Australia. And um, they've got a podcast about love, life, and I guess just everything in general. And uh, it's primarily about love. And really funny and really entertaining to listen to, but go give it a listen. It's maybe, what, two, three weeks back that they told the one about the corn kernel? Yeah, I think so. And I think they usually mm-hmm. do their accidentally and filters on Thursdays. Yes. Yes. So. so go have a listen. We'll link the Life Uncut podcast in the show notes here. Yes. I also wanted to talk to you a little bit about a bit of a vulnerability moment for me. And it's more around relationships, I guess. But I've been hearing a lot of how people talk about um, a date night in long-term relationships. Particularly, I suppose, long-term can be anything really, but from six months on, right? And people tend to make a thing out of having date nights um, and make it a regular event. And I've just been struggling to fathom how I don't know how like this date night can have such a significant impact on the relationship such a just maybe just the significance about it because people come back and say you know we had a date night last night it was so amazing and we bonded again and you know we had these amazing chats and that type of thing and I get it that in long-term relationships you don't always um Uh, I don't know, spend all your time together, even though you are together. So like coming home and sitting on your phone or having to do work and that type of thing. But maybe also because I didn't grow up seeing the date nights happening, really. Um, Mm. Or if I did, I didn't know that they were happening. Um, But I don't know. I struggle to understand because I kind of feel like you share your life with that person anyway. You're already talking to them on a daily basis about what's happening in your life, right? I get that not everyone is, but what is it that makes date night so significant? What is it that makes that 
bigger difference or that creates that bond. And maybe this is alluding to the types of relationships that I've had in the past and the types of, yeah. I guess, you know, they, they all failed for a reason, right? So, um, what, you didn't go working. on date nights? Well, no. And if we did go out and do anything, then, you know, there was nothing out of the ordinary. And we'd sit there and we'd have the same types of conversations that we might have had at home. Um, and I don't know, there was just nothing significant about it. And I didn't, maybe also talking to the fact that I didn't want to share everything with this particular person that I've got in mind, but I, I now struggle. I don't know. I struggle to understand it a little bit, but I also wonder if that isn't to my own detriment or is going to be my downfall in relationships going forward that I don't understand this. No, I don't think I don't think it would be your downfall in relationships. And I think it's also something that's highly individual. Um, you know, I think if you have a very busy lifestyle, or perhaps you've got children and they obviously are the main focus in the household, you don't connect with the person on the same level that you maybe did beforehand or you would otherwise, because your mind is preoccupied. You're thinking about your kids or you're thinking about work or you know, something like that. So I can understand in that context, I think a date night for them is like really a time out where they don't have distractions. They don't have people asking them a hundred things or a child mm. going, mommy, 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 mommy. Mm. And I, I guess it just gives them a space in which they can actually just, you know, say, just pause for a moment and say, okay, but how are you? And, you know, I guess just focus on their partners a bit more. So I understand it in that context. Um, personally, I think with my relationship as it is now, I mean, we spend a lot of time together and that's also a consequence of the fact that I don't have a big friend circle in Switzerland. So when yeah. I do something, I do it with Stefan. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but it also means we spend a lot of time together. So our conversations, even when we go out, are similar to probably what we would talk about when we were at home too but somehow we still always have something to talk about so um mm. yeah but we don't have like a set date night you know we don't say like every thursday we're going to go out or do something i mean inevitably mm. we we go out at least once to twice a week but it's not mm. like a routine planned thing mm. i think like that I understand and maybe maybe it's because I'm looking at it from the perspective of I don't have kids obviously and I haven't had that um that external influence where you know there's there's more happening in my household than just the relationship um other than maybe work so I get that and spending I I feel like I'm personally I'm a very open person so I talk about everything and because I feel like I share everything there isn't anything new to share at any particular event and if there is something new then I come home and I blurt it out because that's just who I am so the significance of going out or having a date night where you share these types of things just kind of feels to me like I don't know, I struggle to understand what is it about that specific day that makes you reconnect like that. Um, 
it's nice to have a nice day together. I get that. But once a week? Holy shits. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get a straightforward answer to that because I think it's really, really it mm. is individual and different couples. I don't know. It's got different significance for them than what it does to others. Um, mm. For me, I feel I quite like the fact that you know, our date nights that we do are not necessarily planned. I mean, every now and then we will say like, okay, on Friday, like, let's go out or something. But I mean, it's not like every Thursday we do something. Um, I think the, the, the spontaneity is, I like that, first of all. Mm. Um, but I guess, you know, and you mentioned it earlier, and maybe that does play a role as well, is that if it's not sort of the model that your parents did growing up, then I guess for you, you know, we, we learn from what we see. And, mm. um, you know, for you, for your parents, I think if, if that wasn't what they did, then it's not something that you pick up. I mean, on my side, my parents went out. Um, I remember distinctly that there'd be times that we'd get a babysitter and mom and dad go off to, to go eat in a restaurant. So mm. I don't know. That's Maybe cute. that does play a role. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. I do worry, worry, wonder, try not to manifest it, that it will be something that I struggle with and struggle to understand and that would negatively impact the relationship that I have. I try not to think about it because I, I haven't met that person and don't know what that relationship would look like. <clears throat> but it's something that has crossed my mind mm. that I wonder if that could result in the demise of a relationship or why past relationships have not worked out no that's definitely not why they have not worked out but I was um, gonna say that, that I highly doubt <laughs> it was just because you didn't do a date night <laughs> no but yes it's something that's crossed my mind I guess you know like I don't want to invalidate your feelings I think you know you um you know it's a it's a real feeling or a real concern for you um but I I don't know I I just I think a date night is just the that's just the forum in which you mm. chat and you connect. Mm. And if for you you connect and you speak about your day and you speak about what you want to at home, well then great, fine. You know, you still mm. have that connection in a relationship. So I don't think from my perspective, I don't think it's something you need to worry about. But uh also don't want to invalidate how you feel. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> so we spoke a little while back, and I think we've done it twice already, um, about having a segment called Resonate or Debate. So mm -hmm. that's anything that, I mean, it could be a quote you see or something that someone says to you that sparks a little bit of, you know, introspection and reflection. And it's something that either, you know, resonates with you that you want to share, or it's something that you think is up for debate. So the one that I have today is a quote and it says, the first thought that goes through your mind is what you've been conditioned to think. What you think next defines who you are. And um, I thought it was quite impactful. First of all, and we've spoken about it on an often different context as well, is, you know, how as you grow up, you learn from your environment and from your parents and, and your upbringing and so on and so forth. So I thought it was very valid that it said that, you know, the first thought that goes through your mind is what you've been conditioned to think because yes, mm. 
we are shaped by our environments, by our parents, our upbringing, our even, I mean, the people that we socialize with, what society, societal expectations, you know, I really do think that we are shaped to that. Uh, of course, we mm. can at any time make a decision to do something different. But uh, yeah, we are conditioned to think and act in a certain way. Mm. And when you make that decision to do something different, that essentially is who you are as a person. Yes. And that comes down to your traits and your, I guess, personality, your characteristics that really make you who you are. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that a lot of people don't make that decision. You know, they, it says, mm. you know, like what you think next defines who you are. I mean, that is, that thought would, should, could be, you know, uh, but hold on. Um, does that actually, is that really, that. Is, is that really what I think? Do I actually agree with yes. that? You know, mm. and I think many people don't. It's easier mm. to go with the flow, to go with what society expects of us. And um, yeah, I think it's just, it calls for a little bit more, I don't know, think a little bit more critically. Uh, mm. in the situations that you come across um, because also whatever decision you know you make as well your actions also influence and affect other people so could uh, mm. you could somebody can get hurt just by following societal expectations mm. I think that's I haven't thought about it in that way it's good to remember that your actions affect other people as well because it it really does and it impacts everyone around you. I was just thinking it's interesting because I'm I'm a very reflective and introspective person. I like to analyze and unpack most things. <laughs> no, I won't say everything, but most things. Um, and it's interesting that I now that I'm thinking about it, find that I surround my pe myself with people that do the same thing. I'm inclined to surround myself with people that are also critical thinkers or that will also think outside the box a little bit and not just blindly follow. Funny, yesterday, I can't remember what context it was, but I was walking out of a hospital um, and I saw someone do something. I can't remember. I, I remember the thought that I had, but I can't remember what they were doing. And the thought that went through my head was, I am fish. <laughs> <laughs> I am Groot that like I am fish and then I was like wait fish isn't even the right one it's a shit <laughs> okay I was not expecting you to say that I was thinking that there would be something eloquent and intelligent coming out of your mouth <laughs> and instead it's I am fish <laughs> Okay. Uh, you know how fish tend to like follow each other around and do what the other one does type of thing <laughs> it's more so sheep that do that but I was, gonna say. I was trying to justify my thought process there <laughs> wow okay <laughs> <laughs> I think it's <laughs> I think it's really reflective of like it or it speaks to the types of people that you want to surround yourself with as well, that you surround yourself with people that do the same thing. And just as a bit of an example of this type of thought process, 
I was thinking, and this was a little, little while back, a few years back already, that I had a conversation with someone saying, it, it, again, in the context of sex, because that seems to be what comes to mind when I talk about things. <laughs> <laughs> seemingly so. Um, <laughs> is this, I was talking to someone about multiple sexual partners at the same time. And the opinion that was asked was, am I wrong? And what am I, like, is it wrong that I'm seeing multiple people or is it wrong that I'm, or have seen different people in quick succession? And the first thing that you're sort of conditioned to think is that societal, like, yes, it's wrong. How could you, that's like inappropriate behavior. That's not right. How could you do that to Mm. someone And although that's the first response that came to mind, my answer to that was, well, as long as you are okay with what you are doing, who is anyone else to give you an opinion on that? Who is anyone else to judge you on that? Hmm. And although I don't want that to be like, that's the definition of who I am, but I always try and be objective and not try and judge people for the actions that they they do or the decisions that they take rather to see how I can support in any way. It doesn't mean that I have to agree with what you are doing or what you are saying, but it means that I don't see it as my place to judge you for actions that you've decided to take. And if you're okay with that, then who am I to have any differing opinion or to tell you that you should or shouldn't do something like that? Yeah, for sure. I agree with you. But it's definitely, it's a classic example of exactly what this is. You know, your, mm. what you first think, your first initial, I guess not even reaction, because it's still the thought basis is, yes, uh, you know, that's wrong. But um, mm. you can also step outside of that and actually, uh, I don't know, think critically about the situation before you respond. So. Mm. And it was in that moment, my very first reaction was almost like a knee jerk reaction to awkwardly laugh about it and then be like, wow. And then sort of collect myself afterwards and give a reaction that I think is actually appropriate and more reflective of what I think rather than just having that knee jerk Mm. reaction. Mm. So I agree. I think this is probably one of my favorite quotes of all time. Definitely leaves you with food for thought. It's it's sort of one of those mm. things you want to mull over for a while. Yes. So. Mm. And on that note, I think we'll leave our listeners to mull over it for a while. Yes. And call it a day for this episode. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you for listening. If you have any feedback or any questions or any topics that you want us to chat about, then pop us a DM or pop it in the comments of whichever platform you're listening on. Um, go and leave us a rating or a review as well that is very much appreciated if you could do that a five-star relate, uh, rating and no less although if you want less then please don't but we'll accept it um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are on all the social media platforms we are on tiktok instagram and facebook so you know where to find us until next time bye, bye. bye.